You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy Tom here and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. I was hoping this week y'all would try to leave me off the podcast with the way my Panthers looking, but you know what? We ain't gonna talk about that right now. Yeah, we gonna talk about it right now. Let's just get into how your weekend was. Is that a drawing of time behind you? Uh, yeah, it is. That is a that that is time and how his team played this week. Oh, okay, okay. I, oh, wow. I figured from here on out, I'm gonna do a a, a a grease board in the back of the biggest loser of the week, and time is the biggest loser. Of the week wow. because they should have won this weekend. But yeah, that's time, guys. That's what he looked like. If you guys want to know what time looked like, he looks like this pitcher to the T. Wait, first of all, we are like three missed field goals away from Gary being the biggest loser this week with them Packers. Hey, hey, they, it's all right. They missed. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Gary, right, we, no, we, I, my, the Packers got the best record of our group. Okay, we'll, we'll let you have it. I, I'll go with what I did this weekend because Gary has two weeks to catch us up on his Friday night football because oh, I yeah. really and truly want to know what that record looked like, how much money I'm up or down, or uh, where I stand on that. But I, I'll go first on what I did this weekend. So Friday, I did absolutely nothing. Uh, I, I, I decided that I was going to chill kind of stay at home, watch a little TV, uh, and I did just that. I watched uh, Dave Chappelle, The Closer. That Netflix special was absolutely amazing. Uh, I think we're going to dive into that here uh, a little bit later on. Um, and this weekend, I got a chance to watch my Tigers play, uh, my university. We're 3-3 three and three now. We lost that game. We've led the last three. We've been playing like the Atlanta Falcons here lately. Can't close a game to save our life. We should be 6-0, but to make me feel better, Texas A&M beat Alabama, so I'm okay. I don't have to hear that road tie shit for another week, so I'm okay with that. Um, uh, on Sunday, you know, I sat back and I, I watched my squads come through and play to perfection. I was a little upset that my 49ers lost, a little bit upset that the, the, the Carolina Panthers lost, but, you know, the Steelers pulled through, so I'm still alive as it relates to my team that I feel Wait, like. Wait, why, why are the 49ers your team? The top 49ers have always been my team. I'm a fan, bro. I, that's yeah. that's my team. With, with If you take away all the checks that have been signed, I am a 49er fan of my core. Oh, really? Always I don't think I knew that. Jerry Rice, Morton Hanks, all of them guys, Garrison Hurst, uh, Ricky Waters, uh, all those guys played a part and a role in my life to get me to where I am today. And that's just me watching them be men on the field. All right. But yeah, that's how my weekend was. Uh, how, how was yours, Tom, before we get to Gary's? Because we know Gary's going to be a, a while, and we very rarely ask you how your weekend was because you very rarely make the podcast here as of lately. So we'd love to hear what well, you Well, yeah. y'all better quit trying to play me off. I, I made it to the podcast early today, so I don't want to hear nothing. But you know what? My weekend was great. Uh, outside of my Panthers, uh, let me down. But you know what? We ain't going to talk about that. I watched... The Squid Game, that's a beautiful thing. I know, Gary, you said you had we, finished yeah, it, so I'm not going to – talk about that next week. I got to finish it this week. I do I do want to, like – yeah, I don't want to talk about the actual game, the actual thing, but I do want to kind of, like, ask you about the concept. Do you understand the concept of it, don't you? Yeah, I do. We'll do that a little bit later. We'll do that. Without giving anything away, I'll ask you about the concept. But, um, but yeah, watch that. Uh, won a poker tournament this weekend. Pulled out a fresh $100 bill. It was a free roll, so that's why I only won 100 bucks. Hey, but I'll take it. But besides that, not much. Oh, I was supposed to go to North Carolina this weekend uh, to see my mom. But then she came down. It, it was a pretty, pretty unique set of circumstances. So my mom got sick like a day before we're about to come down. Like, take it like, like COVID sick or just like sick? Yeah, well, she ended up testing positive for COVID. Which okay. is crazy because all she does is go to work and come home. She works at a school, though. So, well, that could do it to you. Yeah, exactly. So her and my brother both are sick. They think they both have COVID. 
And uh, I was like, well, dang, we're not going to be able to see them because we're, we're staying with my sister anyways, but we still obviously wanted, because it was going to be me and Brayden, uh, we still want to be able to see Granny. But then I wake up Saturday morning and Southwest is just out of nowhere canceled my flight. And they're like, reschedule. And I'm like, what? They said, due to circumstances we can't control. And uh, I was like, okay, well, this is kind of like a blessing in the sky. So push back my trip a week. Uh, but I, I still feel like I got to call. I got I, I to ask y'all, should I still call today and raise hell and see if I can get anything else out of them? <laughs> you 100% should. And this is all because of the uh, pilot strike. Exactly. And that's what I was about to say. And then I saw yesterday that the pilot strike is the real reason that they canceled all those flights. Correct. And it wasn't weather like they tried to claim. It all all deals with the mandate of vaccines. Hilarious. But yeah, I think I'll be giving Southwest a call today. (laughs) Yeah, it all depends. It's all based on the mandates of the vaccine for the pilots. So I guess guess that my question before I go into that would be, if all the pilots do that, what do you do? How do you handle that situation if all the other airline pilots started to try and do that? I'm not sure. I mean, I guess you're sort of like pilots is a specialized. Yeah, it's a specialized right. like field. So how do you handle that situation? Because right now, if they don't come back, what are you gonna do? Southwest, you some got a business or what's gonna happen? So it's 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 interesting that you say that because I, I wanna dive into this mandate stuff. I don't know if right now is the right time to dive into it or if y'all want to dive into it later. But since we're on that topic, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to touch on it just a little bit. So there's a lot of people. And when I say a lot of people, that majority of the people that are on that line of if your job requires you to do it, then you need to do it if you won't say a job. Right. So I, I understand that there's a lot of people that are against the 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 vaccine mandate i just want to know why that's all i want to know because there's nurses and doctors that have to get vaccines for certain stuff uh that the general public don't have to get vaccinated for and they do it but now covid19 is the issue and they're talking about their 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 uh civil law their civil rights and and all of this stuff like dude it's a vaccine just get it. It's, I mean, I, I understand that I'm saying just get it. But, I mean, in the event that you don't want to get it, don't get it. But, like, have a, a really good reason. And a really good reason for not getting the vaccine is like, hey, I don't want to get it. I, I don't know enough about it to get it. I Okay, I get it. I understand that. But there's other vaccines that you don't know enough about, but yet you get those too because they're required. I don't understand, and somebody can help me with this because I, I need somebody that's not necessarily an anti-vaxxer. I need somebody that doesn't want to get the vaccine uh, to explain to me why they don't want to get the vaccine other than the fact that they just don't want to get it because you've been vaccinated for everything else. So I would say when it comes to this situation, I think it's more dealing with the union because the unions got, got to look after their people. So the union never wants anything mandated, no matter what it is. Because when, I think the way they see it, as you know with our union, if you allow one thing, then they can push things further and further and further. So you have to very be very limited on what you allow to get pushed on the people that you're representing as the union leader. So I think that's the biggest thing is they're part of a union, so the union's fighting for them to have the right to do what they want and not be forced to do it. And I think I think that's where you it, it becomes a different aspect because all the different unions, they're going to fight for that. You see that in the NFL. You see that in the NBA. The union on all of them have said, we're not going to allow you to force it upon in these situations because they have a union and they can do that. They can't force it upon a union organized thing. That's why it hasn't been a mandate by the NBA or the NFL. And that's why I think the unions fighting with the, for the pilots is because you can't, it's hard to force it upon a union organized uh, thing. That's the whole issue. I think you see going on right now because the union's trying to keep everybody together because they just worry, okay, we allow one thing, what's the stop down the road to doing it again and doing it again. And I think that's where they're trying to close so that doesn't happen later. Okay, so I, I'm sitting down and I'm watching TV this weekend. 
and I saw in North Carolina 127 nurses lost their job because they said no to the mandatory vaccine. And I, it was one nurse saying that just a year and a half ago, we was being praised as heroes and all of that. And today we're losing our job. And I was like, you're losing your job because you decided that you didn't want to get the vaccine. And you, and, and this is just how I feel, you in the medical field, out of all people, should know more about this vaccine than the general public because you're, in the, you're a medical professional. In some aspect, you're a medical professional, whether it's a nurse, whether it's a, 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 a LPN, is that, that licensed practical nurse, or just a BSN or whatever it is, all those acronyms that I don't know anything about. But if you're in the medical field and you know that doctors alike are talking about, hey, this is, this is great, this is something that we need to do, and you're like, whoa, 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 buddy. I don't know. I don't know what's in this vaccine. I, I can't take it. And you know that it's it's either take this vaccine and keep your job or lose your job and uh, 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 get the lose your job and not get the vaccine or get the vaccine and keep your job. You obviously want to keep your job. So you get the vaccine and you're saying that I'm forced to get the vaccine. Well, there's a lot of things that our jobs forces us to do. If you won't say a job, then you got to do what that job requires, especially if you look at an NFL player and that NFL player is doing something on the clock that you don't deem that he should be doing on the clock because it's a place of business. If it's mandatory for said job, I, and this is the thing, Gary, and I want to make sure I make this perfectly clear. I don't see anything different, and you stop me if I'm wrong, then somebody that wants to freely use drugs and not be drug tested versus somebody getting have to take the vaccine. It's a mandatory vaccine thing. Because if you're going to subject me to drug testing and in my off time, I like to do drugs, then why does it matter if I do drugs or not, if I work for your establishment? If you're okay with them having mandatory drug tests where you can't use drugs, I'm okay with them having mandatory uh, vaccinations. So I want the devil's advocate. Who's when okay. you say, when you asked about the nurses should know everything, all this stuff. Who's to say they haven't seen all of it? Maybe they've seen stuff that's not being reported. We don't know, and maybe that's where their hesitancy comes from. We don't know what what they've experienced. Obviously, if they come out and say some harebrained, stupid conspiracy theory, okay, obviously that's not smart. That's dumb. But if they maybe they're basing theirs off of stuff they've seen. We don't know their experiences, just like they don't know ours. They don't know why people want it. They they hear why why they say to do it, but we don't know. Like everything is is different because we don't know their situation. Right, right, and and, and, and I understand that. Go ahead, Tom. Well, I was gonna say is like the thing about <clears throat> doing drugs is like. That's a personal choice. One thing, one that and, and the vaccine like, is a personal choice. Get no, right not it's not of its mandate is what he's saying. Not of its mandate. And the but thing it, is, but, like, but, two, 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 doing drugs, like certain types of drugs, I think can eventually affect your work if you're if you're doing. Yeah, I don't think you know. Obviously, marijuana, the the stigma around marijuana is starting to shift, and people are starting to adjust their mind frame on that. But other drugs definitely can have an effect on uh, what you do. But as far as the vaccine, it's like, you know, because you see these nurses that talk about why they don't want to get it. And the thing is, like, let's just call it what it is. I understand COVID is real. COVID, there's a lot of stuff going on with COVID. But there's a 99% survival rate with COVID. So we're mandating a vaccine that they developed and, you know, what, six months, that does have a possibility there have been side effects that have happened. I'm not saying that it happens a lot. I'm not saying that it, it, it is, like, guaranteed to happen, but there have been things that have happened from getting the vaccine. I know one of the fantasy football podcasts that I listen to, uh, a guy just passed away that was fully vaccinated from COVID. So obviously the vaccine is not 100% effective, 
it's supposed to help, but it's not. And then we're we're vaccin- vaccinating against something that has a 99% survival rate. So people that don't want to take it, from my understanding, is like, I mean, because I'm personally one, I don't even get the flu shot every year, knock on wood, just because I don't like putting stuff like that in my body, even though I put other bad stuff in my body, like alcohol and fast food. But when it comes to like, you know, medicines and stuff, I've always kind of been more of the, you know, natural medicines and stuff. But as far as this vaccine, they just developed it. There is a possibility of certain side effects happening. Um, and, you know, it's not 100 percent effective. So I understand why some people, if you think you're healthy and you're not, you know, worried about COVID, then I understand why you don't want to get a vaccine that, you know, why, why introduce something into your body when you're like, ah, I'm not really that concerned about COVID, honestly. I don't know. I, okay. know. I know it's a polarizing issue, but from my understanding, the people that I know that are adamant against getting it don't believe, because I'm not like definitely like, oh, I would never, ever get it. Um, but the people I knew that are like that don't like the fact that it is so brand new and that there have been a lot of things that have happened that people don't talk about. Like people, people don't fit on the news about all the, the negative stories about people who got vaccines. So I don't know. Okay. It, it's become very political too. That's the other side of it. Like politics have made this into even more of a shit show than it probably would have been, but right. go ahead. B. So, 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 so with that being said, the, the reason why I compared it, to doing drugs uh, and them mandating uh, drug tests because not everybody do drugs and not everybody is on board for people to do drugs. So you have you have a misconception or not necessarily a misconception, but you have a dilemma there because you have people that do do drugs, you have people that don't do drugs. So because of that, you're going to always have a, yeah, I think this is man. It should be mandatory. It should be mandatory. Well, you just you said that when you do drugs, it can affect your job. Well, if you have COVID and you give it to somebody else, and that somebody else then in turn give it to somebody else in their family and they die, then guess what? COVID just affected your job. Not necessarily how you do your job, but how you approach your job and how people see you. So that in turn affects your job. So it's the it's the same principle. It just it blows my mind that people have, have drawn such a hard line when it comes to getting the vaccine. I, I, I'm okay with it. Whether people that are vaccinated and people that are unvaccinated, everybody's dying at whatever rate you want to call it at, uh, whatever numbers you want to do it. I'm only I only got the vaccine because I know a lot of old people. And not only do I know a lot of old people, I'm a lot, I'm friends with a lot of old people and I'm family members with a lot of old people. And I didn't do the vaccine for me. I did it for everybody else. Uh, not only did I do it for everybody else, but it also allows me to travel and it eases my state of mind. Whatever eases your state of mind, do it. Now, in the event that easing your state of mind is not taking the vaccine, then you got to hear people like me talk about like, hey, man, why don't you? Because you got some other terrible qualities or hobbies or things that you do that are way more harmful than you taking the vaccine. And I just want to get to the bottom of it. That's all. I just want to see like why you don't. Well, well, like you said, I, I think, well, I think that people should have the right to do what they want, whether they want it or not. I don't feel like it should be a mandate. But again, if you don't mandate it, I think as a private sector or in a public sector in workforce, private can make whatever rules they want. Public is public. You cannot make those rules. You can't mandate. I think in private sector, you can mandate whatever you want because it's privately owned. Publicly owned, you should not be able to. But And then, like you said, if you decide not to, you get whatever happens from your employer that you reap those benefits or the negative aspects if you don't get it. I think that's on you. I don't think it should be mandated, but if it's a private sector and you work for a company and they mandate it, well, then that's on you if you don't want to get it. You're reaping what you choose to not be vaccinated or be vaccinated. Whatever happens, it's on you. But I don't think it should be from mandated. And then I think the hardest part would be like the union stuff. If you mandate it and there's somebody that's in a union 
it's going to be very hard because unions are going to fight for their people like, because that's their job is to fight to make sure things are fair for everybody, not just the majority. It's for everybody supposed to be the same is what it's supposed to be for a union. So a union's never going to want to put things through. That's a mandate that affects even if it's only 10 people because they're not going to because then it looks bad for the if they have people uprising against the union. So I think that's what the thing you run into with the union. But I think it's enough about COVID. We've talked about this so many times. Uh, if we want to talk about it later, we can. But okay. I think I think that's good for now. Let's go to my weekend now. Oh yeah. So we have two weekend games that we have to talk about. So I'm going to start with last week. Uh, last week, uh, it's not really much to talk about because uh, we hold, won. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Last week, what was the team record that y'all played? Were they any good? I think they won one game. Gosh, and. Okay, so it was a stat game. What was this? Just yo, forty mindset, to seven. Mindset going into that game. What were y'all? What were y'all going into that game thinking? Like we're gonna completely dominate. It could be a good game. It could go either way. So, like, so what was your thought process going, going into the game? We were coming off a of bye week, so we had to get things back on track. So we had lost the week before the bye, went into bye. So you had to get everybody back on track, and we got to get back to the winning ways. So I think that was the biggest thing is just starting fast because we didn't start fast in the game we lost. So we started off really fast because the first two plays – first, basically the first play on defense was a pick six. Okay. And then – and then literally we kicked it off to it again. And then it was another pick six or a fumble for a touchdown. So right now we're up 14 nothing in the first like two minutes. Okay. So we started super fast. And then uh, so we achieved that goal. And then we just started to keep, keep doing what we do on offense and then defense. And so we ended up winning 40 to seven. Okay. And so we're four, it's 40 to seven. 40 correct. to seven. What's, what's your record right now? So right not, now we're four and one at that point. Four, four and one at that point. Four and one at that point. You just beat this team forty to seven. What's your message after the game? So after the game is a hey, good job getting back on track, starting fast. We got to move on to next week because we have a good team coming in, and we got to keep it going. Have a good week of practice, and we'll be good to go. Okay, so we're four and one. We just beat this team forty to seven. I, and I, I gotta ask this because I had this conversation. Uh, at the gym this morning, and I'd love to have this conversation with you. You're four and one. What was your record last year? So, so everybody oh, out there. Oh, and ten. They went zero oh and ten last year. They're four and one right now after five games. My question to you, Gary, and I want you to be open and honest with me. What is the hardest part about having a team that didn't win a game last year to being four and one right now after five games? What are you fighting against? Like, obviously. Overconfidence. Really? You mean to tell me they can be overconfident after starting 0-10 last year? There's no yes. way. Overconfidence. There's no way, bro. There's because no way. The, the games we won, all but one, we blew out the teams. Like, we had one game that went into overtime. The other ones, we blew out the teams. And then one of the best teams around, we got we were getting blown out, and we came back and cut it within 10. So at that point, I think is you you're, you're not okay. We have the ability, and you just don't want them to get overconfident. You want them to know they have the ability to compete in these games and do what we're doing, but you don't want them to be overconfident where they overlook opponents and they don't they, they don't then they play down to that level. You want them to always play to the best of their ability, and I think that's the biggest thing because you see that in college and you see that in the NFL. Uh, you see where teams, hey, how does this team beat that team? Well, because they played down because they got overconfident. They thought, oh, we're just going to roll through this team. It's a cupcake week, and they get destroyed. It's just like if you want to bring up Michigan App State. Michigan got upset by App State a couple years ago, and App State was not projected to be in this game at all. And they ended up winning because they they overlooked them. They got overconfident. So I think that's the biggest thing. Okay. All right. So we're, we're overconfident. So this no, 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 right? we're not overconfident. I'm saying that's no, how no, you no, fight no. overconfident. That, that's, that's how you fight the overconfidence. So going into week six, well, week seven, because y'all had a bye, you're four and one right now. Uh, we got this team coming in. Again, we hadn't did our homework on this team yet. But as a team, 
what are you fighting? You don't have any injuries? Do you have any significant injuries or everybody making it? So you, you have some nick, nicks and bruises here and there, but nothing like an outstanding that's outrageous that's affecting the team. You, you have to limit guys on certain days because it's certain injuries. So it's not like it's – that's that's football. That's every sport, every level of football you have to do that. So I think okay. that's the, that's the thing, and you level it, make sure everybody's good, and then you get everybody focused again on this week. Okay. Four and one. We just beat this team forty to seven. We might be feeling a little overconfident. We zero and ten from last year. Uh, not sure how many players carried over from that zero and ten season, but right now we're four and one. We might be battling with some confident issues, not from a lack of confidence, but uh, overconfident. So that's what we kind of struggling at in that department. But we we are right, we're gonna get this. Everybody significantly healthy. We're going into game six. All so right, so, game so we're playing Episcopal, and they are four and one as well. So it's Ooh. a battle of two four and one teams. Okay, let me. I got to see what the stands look like. The stands got to be packed out. So the stands were were packed this game. The stands were definitely more packed this game. So uh, and Episcopal has been known in the past to not be a very good team, and now they've actually the last few years they started to get better and better. So they started improving, and they started getting athletes and players. So they have actually turned their program around, like we're, we're like we're doing right now. They're in the same right. process that we're in, but they they did it a little couple of years before. We're starting now. Okay, as a, as a coach that coaches the tight ends, what are you looking for in a team in order to beat them? Like you look at this team, Episcopal, Episcopal. You look mm-hmm. at them, and what are you thinking that you have to do? as a coach in order for your kids to be successful? Well, tight end and fullback, you just have to limit the D-line. You can't let them make plays. And then the way they ran their offense, they had our defense, they had a three down, and then they had four backers. So they like to bring pressure and stuff like that. So you just had to make sure we recognized it. If we ran the ball, you had to get up to the second level at linebacker. And then at fullback, you had to get your kickouts and stuff. You had to make sure you stay on your guy and don't let your guy make the play. If you don't let your guy make the play, you've done your job, and that's all we can ask of you. And if we get everybody to do that, then that's when you succeed. Woo, we finna see if your coaching prowess work, buddy. 40 to 0, guys. We just won the last game. We're going to get a Episcopal 4 1, 4 1. We go first quarter, Gary. We, we get on the field. Who get the ball first, us or them? Uh, they got the ball. They got the ball. I don't know. I don't remember. What, what do they What do they do on their first drive? They stall out or do they score? I believe they stalled out. Okay. All right. They stall out. We get the ball back. What do we do with it? Uh, we move the ball a little bit, but then we stall out. Okay. All right. We stall out. Who scores first? I believe they scored first. See, you're putting me on. The, I gotta start taking notes now. You're gonna have to make me take notes. I don't remember. But I couldn't even tell you quarters in it. In games I played, let alone coach. Ah. Okay, well, I, I, I'm only asking because you know you try to give it to us all at once, and we want to get a little foreplay in there because we want to we want to be in the mindset of you, and then see how your mindset transitions over to the kids because you just gave us the winning formula to win this game. So now you gave us the winning formula. Let's take it to halftime. What's the score at halftime? So at halftime we are down by. I think we're down by seven. We're down by seven you're, at that half. We're down by seven. What what happened that was crazy in the first half that you can you could talk about that maybe will get us to now we're leading that half versus being down by seven and a half. Well, I think we just we left some plays out there. There were some plays that we could have made that would have changed the game and gave us a little either either tied or not. And then there was obviously there's they they're a team that they like to blitz, so they blitz a lot of plays. So I think it's just you have to minimize their blitz when it hits. Like you have to stop the blitzes from hit, getting home. You have to either pick it up if you're throwing, and if you're blocking, you need to get outside the blitz or away from it. And at times we just we some one person would make a block and then they make a play. And then if it, if you keep doing that every play and you have one person not making the play not making their block, then obviously you're not going to succeed. And I think that's what got us down because we would be, oh, we have a good play. And then next play, oh, well, one guy, the DN comes under, 
on an outside zone play and he makes the play stuff like that you can't yeah. allow to happen so like you have to make sure you minimize the little mistakes because the little mistakes compound in the big ones look at you gear okay i'm gonna speed this thing up because it sounds like you're trying to get through it speech at halftime gear what what are you telling your players you're down seven four one team four one team they're a good team we're a good team and like you know good teams make their mark on other good teams not the bad team. So the I think the halftime you just have to say what what, what was said was just basically, hey we we said they're a good team they're coming in we know we can do this we've been down by worse we came back there's no reason to think you can't do this and let's go out here show we can do it do our little things right and we'll be good to go. Short okay. simple sweet to the point. Got you. We we get short sweet to the point. Is this team we playing a run team or is they more of a pass team? They're a mix. They did. did uh, okay. They're about fifty-fifty. Okay, and we're about seventy-five, twenty-five. Run, Correct. Run the pass. Okay. So end of the game. <sighs> Who wins? So and why? So we are at the end of the game. Uh, we are down ten points with two and a half minutes left. Oh, okay. Okay. We score touchdown. So now we're down. We're down. Uh, well, so here's here's the kicker. So I can't get fined by a referee, so it doesn't matter. So we're down by three, but mm-hmm. the clock says we're down by two. So the clock, the, like the scoreboard, was wrong. So we're talking to the refs. Hey, can we fix this? We want to make sure what's the score because we need to make sure the score is right. Because it depends on what we do. Are we going for one? Because if we kick a field goal, if we get on the side, we kick a field goal, we win. If it's wrong, then we need to kick a field goal because we were thinking of debating on going for one or going for two, depending on what the score was. Because right. if we were right. down by two, we go for two and tie the game. It's a tie game, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a big point in the game, the last two and a half minutes, and we're asking the ref, hey, what's the score? And the ref says, oh, he looks up his thing, all this stuff. Now all this, the ball's been spotted. So we're asking all this stuff, and he's like, oh, the score's 32. And he's like, you're going to reset the clock for us, right, so we can get set because the score's wrong. And we, so we didn't know what we needed to do. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we, we'll do it. And then we – so we run our field goal team out there to kick an extra point. And when we do that, we get a delay a game. They didn't reset the clock after the referee just said he was going to reset it for us. So now we had to back up five and kick the f- extra point, and it gets blocked. So now we're down three points. Could have been down two, but now we're down three because the ref doesn't want to do what he said he was going to do and talk to the other guys and doesn't and just screws us on that point. So, gotcha. so now we line up to kick an onside kick. And our, our kicker is hurt. So we have another kicker in uh, who is not our normal kicker. He kicks a great onside kick. It hits one of our guy's hands, and he's not able to recover it. They recover it, okay? So now we end up getting on defense. We stop them. We get the okay. ball back oh. with a minute left. Ah, oh. oh, and uh, so position to be in in high school. Yeah, we've got a minute left. A minute in high school is different from a minute in the pros. Yeah, because it stops football. after each each first down. Each first down, you get the clock to stop. So that minute is an eternity in high school. Just to let y'all know. Go ahead. I'm excited so, now. So, so, so we, we have a minute left. A minute left. What, what yard line are we on? We're on like the 45. We're on the opposite 45. We haven't crossed the 50 yard line yet. You, we, we in there. We got so, great field position and everything. First play, we turn the ball over and we lose the game. Yeah, so it was is it, it and that, the thing is the thing you have to learn from that like you have to tell the kids like hey, you fought back. We were down. You you never gave up. You came back, and things happened. Like it's unfortunate, and that's the thing is you have to you have to because you've got to forget about it. Like it's gonna hurt for a day or two, but you got to forget about it and move on to the next week because the following week we have another division game that's super important, and you can't let this game determine the rest of the season. Yeah, hold up, bro. Hold yeah. Up. <laughs> I, how did we turn the ball over? Was it a pick? Was it a fumble? Like, what did we do to turn this ball over 
on the first play with a minute to go to win this game. So, this so, is status. so it it was an interception. Uh, it was uh, I, I don't I don't I don't know if it was a high ball or hit the receiver's hands or what. I'd have to go back and watch it. And it went into they caught it and we're down and that was the end of the game. How many timeouts did we have? We had we had none. We used them all when they were on defense to get the ball back. Ah, uh, so we running is out of the question. Yeah, so you have to pass at that point. Yeah, we we didn't run a screen or anything. And no, and I'm pretty sure in on that play there was pressure in his face as he was throwing. So like he's trying to make a play, and I, I don't fault him. Like that's that's the unfortunate part. Oh, like, that's when you know it's right when there, you man. know you have to pass, the defense is going to bring what they can to get pressures to force you to have a throw a bad throw. And I don't know if it was a bad throw. It's a tough tough situation to be in. So I don't put any fault on him. It's you when as a team you lose as a team. So I, I just to wrap this up for y'all that are listening right now in a three four defense, your strongest weapon against a three four defense is running. And if you can't run with a minute left to go in the game and all you can do is pass, there's eight defenders waiting to sit back there and pick the ball off and there's only three rushing. So Correct. the fact that those three got that much pressure on No, the they actually brought a little pressure. Ah, okay. So they actually blitzed. Yeah, so they blitzed. Huh? Like the guy the backfields, like no, he was blocking. They still brought pressure. So. Uh okay. All right. Well, I mean, so you're four and two now. Correct. Uh, I I mean, congratulations, considering y'all went zero and ten last year. Uh, being four and two, and I know y'all not done yet. Uh, you know, with this with this going on, man, you gonna you gonna end up five and five. No, <laughs> not gonna happen. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So yeah. Is that is that it? Almost that was it, oh, and my weekend. So didn't really do anything. Just hung out, you know. Watched the Packers win. So because I know uh, our bet, I have the Packers, who now have the best record, even though they should have lost that game. Uh, technically, they shouldn't have because Mason Crosby missed so many field goals. But I feel Cincinnati made a terrible play calling at the end that cost them to lose. Now, you give me your opinion, D. You're on the, I think it's like the 42-yard line, right? Third and five. So, third and five. If you kick a field goal, it's like 59-yard field goal, right? Well, it's third and five, and they run an inside zone on third and five. They gain two yards, and they end up kicking a 57-yard field goal to win the game. Why would you do that? That's a tough one, Gary. That's a it, ma- to me, it makes no sense to me. It, if it's it, 59 and 57, it's not that big of a difference. If you're going to do that, you, one, you do something to put it in your quarterback's hand to throw into the flat or roll outside or something so you have ability to throw it away and you just kick the same thing you just basically kicking. A two yard yeah, difference, I, is, especially if it's already 57. I understand what you're saying because I, I, what if that two yards is five yards? He went on. Like, I was thinking to myself, too, when you were saying this, like, man, a run in this situation should work because At third and five, though? Yeah, because everybody thinking pass. Everybody's thinking pass on third and five. You pop them with a little draw, maybe get the five, six yards, give you a little more room to eat up some more of the clock, get you a little bit closer, kick the field goal. I, I can I can see in his mind what he was thinking, but we know, you know, the end result. So because we know the end result, him not making the field goal, now you would say, hey, well, you should even, probably even go before, for the first My down. thing is, okay, so there was 30-something seconds left. You've already seen this happen last week when you gave Aaron Rodgers 30 seconds. He scored a touchdown. If you miss right. this, he only has to gain 20 yards to get in field goal range. Did he gain the 20 yards to get in field goal range? He did, and the kicker missed it. That's what forced him to go to overtime. Uh. <laughs> so, but that's the thing is that that's what, they did it in one play. And then they ran the ball up the middle and then called a timeout with like three seconds and missed the field goal from like 45. But that's, but that's the thing is like, to me, why risk, why do that? Because if you miss this field goal at 57, which is not, and this would have been a long, this is a rookie kicker. This is his all time long ever at 57. You're putting him a game winner at him. And then you're saying, if we miss this, we're going to stop Aaron Rodgers from gaining 20 yards. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. To me, you don't yeah. do that. You have to weigh all of that because, hey, if you miss it, if you don't get any yards, I guess the only thing you could have gotten is sacked 
and then you're not kicking a field goal. Okay, well, now you punt it, and now you're just playing in overtime because now you're punt right. the ball, and then now Aaron Rodgers has 12 seconds to get in field goal range with no timeouts. It's not going to happen in from the 10-yard line. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, so that I just makes sense. like that play call, and I think it it costs Cincy the law, the the win. Okay, I I can I can see that. I is that is that all you did this weekend? Oh yeah, I that really, was what I really did. I, I really want to get to some man, and this has been on my mind for a very long time. I want to get to the Urban Meyer situation. Okay. Man. So just to let you guys know out there, uh, we hadn't had opportunity to talk about it, but we're getting ready to talk about it now. Urban Myers was seen after a game. They were 0-4, partying at one of his establishments that he owned and didn't fly back with the team. And while he was there at this establishment, it was a young lady that was dancing on him or that danced on him. And he caught a lot of fire and it went viral and stuff like that. I want to know, Gary, if you thought anything was wrong with it. If you did, why? If you don't think anything was wrong with it, then why don't you feel like there's something wrong with it? So obviously him allowing the girl to dance on him, he's married, probably shouldn't have done that. That's a wrong thing. So again, that's on him. If he wants to do that, so be it. That's his private time. If he wants to be that type of person, so be it. I I don't feel like that's anybody's thoughts. It's nobody's uh, worry. Nobody needs to worry about that besides him and his wife. And that's it. But the problem, the only thing I have an issue with is him not flying home with the team because I don't know in my years of playing, I've never played with anybody or been on a team that a coach never flew home with the team. I think so. I think to me, that's a huge issue. And I don't care if he flies home and then flies up there afterwards and goes out. That's fine because it's a mini buy at that point because it's a Thursday night game. You have a mini buy. I don't think as a team that's 0-4, you decide to not fly home. You don't even hear you don't even see teams that are 4-0, the coach doesn't fly home. Everybody flies home with the team. I think that's the biggest stickler. And with all the stuff coming out saying that the team, the players didn't know that he wasn't gonna fly home. None of the staff knew he wasn't gonna fly home. It was more of a last second spur of the moment thing. Hey, I'm not gonna fly home. I'm just gonna stay here. I think that would probably be the biggest issue. I don't care about him going to the bar, doing all that stuff. I think as a player, though, it all depends on, for his team, it depends on what he's saying to his team. If he's in the team meeting saying, hey, guys, you can't go out, you can't do this type of stuff, you have to be smart, you have to do all this stuff and do certain things, and then he goes out and does exactly what he tells them not to do, I think that's where you're going to have an issue from the players. If he's not saying any of that stuff, then the players aren't shouldn't wouldn't care. And I feel like he was saying certain things because you obviously we don't know if it's true, but you heard sources saying that players were talking about this and that, how they were pissed about this stuff. But it all I think that all stems from if he's saying certain things in the team meeting. Because if he's saying certain things and going against what he tells the players to do, then that's a bad look. Who, how are you going to trust him if he's doing exactly what he doesn't want you to do? But I, I think I don't have a problem with the bar stuff, him going to a bar in general if he was upfront about it. I have a problem with him not flying home with the team when you're 0-4 or even if you're 4-0. I have a problem with any coach not flying home with the team because that's supposed to, something you're supposed to do. And it's always been done. I don't, I don't, and even Tony Dungy said it. He said in his 27 years of being a coach, he's never one time seen a coach not fly home with the team. It's just something that does not happen because that looks bad. But now I'll let you get your opinion. I know you might view differently, but we'll see. Oh, let, let me, let me tell you something. What if I told you that it's 2021 and we don't give a damn what y'all used to do before because the new requirements are something that's different because we're going through pandemic times. Uh, not only are we going through pandemic times, uh, there's a lot of things for a year and a half that has been cut off and that I hadn't been able to use or hadn't been able to galvanize those resources because I wasn't able to get there to do those things. But now I have those this time now to do it. 
Maybe he's catching up on business. We don't know exactly what's going on there. Like, I don't care if a, t- a coach fly home with me or not fly home with me and the team. I don't care if we're 0-4 or 4-0. It, it boils down to whether or not I agree or disagree with what decision this man has made. Again, my record shouldn't dictate whether or not I should be able to do what it is that I'm doing. I have a job that I have to do, and that's be the head coach of this football team. Now, in the event that I'm off from work, I'm I'm off now. We're not playing a video game again. I mean, we're not playing a football game again. I am responsible for this, this head of cow, if you will. I'm responsible for every man in here, but I also have pieces in place to make sure that everybody on this team is taken care of. So me as a head coach, when I clock out, I'm free to do whatever the hell it is I want to do. If I want to go to the bar and let a strange lady dance on me, then by all means, I should be able to go to a bar and let a strange lady dance on me. I shouldn't have to face work when I'm in my leisure time. Uh, You know, people that go work at FedEx or go work at all these different jobs that are allotted to us or that we choose or that have chosen us. When we get off from work, we should do whatever it is that we feel free to do. And I'm only addressing this because there's a lot of people that don't understand what it's like to be in the NFL or be in professional sports, and they only can compare it to the job that they hold. So if you're going to compare it to the job that you hold, then you should be able to do whatever it is that you do in your free time. Now, morally, this is a conversation that he needs to have with his wife if she have a problem with what she saw on video. If she doesn't have a problem with what she saw on video, then we shouldn't, as a public, should be concerned at all or shouldn't feel any way for this young lady. She should, he got his own set of problems when it relates to that. I think that it was a publicity stunt for him to put more pressure on the organization to make that defining moment on whether or not they're going to keep him or let him go because there's a certain USC that's waiting on him to either get fired or for him to leave. So he has all the job security in the world. So when it relates to him saying, oh, man, you know, they should fire him, they should let him go, are you saying that because you're a closet USC fan? Because he won't be done coaching because there's just not enough coaches to fill all these vacant coaching spots and his career and uh, his legacy and what he's done for college football speaks volume. Anybody and everybody will hire him, whether it, it doesn't matter. You know this just as well as I do. He's Nick Saban uh, as it relates to college football in terms of getting a job. He can get any job that he want to in college football. Now, granted, when he go to the NFL, I don't know if that's his dream to be an NFL head coach, but he can make the same amount of money or more as a college head football coach. And I think this is the stepping stones that he's laying to where, hey, you you don't want to let me go? Okay. I'm going to see if I can find a way for you to let me go and I keep the money that you paid me. Well, I I think he's learning that NFL head coaching job is much different than college, sort of like Nick Saban did, sort of like Bobby Petrino did. It might not be for every college coach. You, you, your prime might be stay in college because it works better for you because you have more control. In NFL, the players have more have more control. Players can do more, say more, and act more. You can't do that in college. College, you're ran by your coach. You can't do anything. So in NFL, the head coach doesn't have all the power like they do in college. It's a whole different level. The star of the team, as you've seen with Aaron Rodgers, he has more power than LaFour. If, if whatever, if they want to do it, all right, let him go. He doesn't care. Like that's the thing is he has a little more power. He got players that he wanted back on the team in Randall Cobb. So like it's been proven multiple times. Players usually have more have a lot of power that he's not used to. He's not used to that type of stuff. And in college, this type of stuff. I guarantee this isn't his first time of this happening. I guarantee he's been wiped under the rug when he was in Florida and stuff like that because you can hide that stuff when you're in college. You can't in the NFL. In college, that stuff can be hidden. You can't do that yeah. stuff in the NFL. It's, it's so, so much more publicized, and, and you can't hide all those aspects. But to your point, when you were talking about you don't have a problem with him flying or staying – my only issue, why couldn't he just fly on the next flight home? Once he got home, fly back. Like, 
he has the money. Like in, in general, he doesn't even have to. It doesn't even have to be about money. He what, could just what, do what, that because of the optics. But again, he might have done this a, in college. That's, so that's we don't the thing, know. Though. He did it in college. He one hundred percent did it in college. You can see how comfortable he was in doing it. So like, that's hey, what, so that proves yeah. that proves the point. Like this might not. He, it's a, it's a learning for him. And he'll never do that again, I guarantee you. And I guarantee you there'll be no other coach that will ever not ride the flight home because of this situation. I, I disagree. I disagree. I know that there's teams out there right now that are successful that this doesn't even make the news because this wouldn't have made the news had this girl not danced on him. Let's make sure we make this abundantly clear. If this young lady I agree with danced that. on him, it would not have went viral well, and nobody well, would be talking about it. Oh, oh, I I agree, but it might have still would if they filmed him at the bar and then they ask, well, why is he there and the team's flying home? Then it might have still, but it wouldn't have been as big as the issue because when you it, do that still, on top of the girl dancing on him, that when it makes it so much of a bigger issue. It still it still wouldn't have made a it wouldn't have made an issue. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have made a dent in the media. Had it not been that woman dancing on him, because first of all, I wouldn't have known it was Urban Myers until I saw the lady. I'm like, okay, all right, look at him dancing. I'm like, oh, snap, is that Urban? That's Urban Myers dancing with that chick. Like, I, if she wouldn't have been there, it had just been Urban in the bar. We'd have been like, damn man, he looks sad. Like, I would have had something to drink too. Oh, and four, like we supposed it have been a different narrative written mentally in our heads on perspective on what we saw. So what we saw in our head with this young lady is him having a good time. Your team 0-4, you have a wife, you shouldn't be out here having a good time. Had he been by himself and they would have been 0-4, like, man, you know, this guy, he didn't even want to fly home with the team. He's sitting at the bar getting drunk. He, like, he having a tough time, man. 0-4 is really doing their number on him. Like, our perception of what we perceive to be on what's going on would change. But because this lady played this role in this video, we now have a different perspective or perception of what it is to be 0-4. And that's the only reason why I have a problem with this. If you have a problem with this only because of his record and how they're performing, then you really don't have a problem with it at all. Yeah, not, and I agree. I think this is something, as you can tell, I think, something for sure he's done before. I definitely don't think it's the first oh, yeah. time he's ever done this. I feel like he's done this multiple times before, and it's not a big deal. That's why it wasn't a big deal to him. And he didn't mind taking pictures and stuff like that because in college, I'm sure he did this all the time, and it doesn't matter. It can be hidden. And that's why he's going back to college, so he can continue to do this all the time and not have the issues that he's having with the general public. I want to get to uh, John Gruden. Uh, before we go. So yeah. John Gruden sent an email and he was really pissed off at um, DeMar Smith, uh, D. Smith rather, who is the uh, NFL PA's president, right? He sent an email to him and he called him a Dumoris, Dumoris Smith, Dumoris Smith, has lips the size of Michelin tires. That's what he said. And they said he's racist. I'm I'm just trying to make sense of it, Gary. I, I, I want to hear racist. your opinion. I, I'm not saying that he's racist. I'm not saying that he's not racist. I I'm just saying that uh, um well, so well, after, let's put in the context what he said, the reason why he said that. He well, and this is just could be made up, whatever. But he said his reasoning for saying that was because he's always said that rubber lips means lying. All you do is lie, is what rubber lips mean. So he was comparing him having rubber lips to tires, which are rubber. That was his reasoning for it. So just for full clarification of everything. Now I want to hear your opinion. Okay, so 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 this is why I I have a tough time with this one. So when I was in uh when I was in in the NFL and I played some time there, um, Jonathan Joseph had put out an article uh, that said that I was a cancer in the locker room, and uh, I sent him an email or text him privately and said, "Hey man, you know it's very weird that you would use the word cancer in talking about me 
considering, you know, all the stuff that I've done with breast cancer and stuff like that. So I don't know if this is like a cliche or this is like a, a, a bad choice of words or if this is like your way of trying to use an endowinia. Uh, uh, I, I don't know what this is. I was like, but that's a bad choice of words to use to describe me as it relates to my relationship with people in the locker room. First of all, you're wrong. But I, I really, I'm really taking offense to the fact that you said that I was a cancer because of what I stand for. He texted me back and said, oh, man, you know, I didn't mean it like that. It was just, you know, uh, the wordplay wasn't, wasn't supposed to be viewed that way. But I viewed it that way. That's how I saw it. Because I, I, I didn't quite understand. He, he, in turn, he changed it. No harm, no foul. He was like, ah, you know, he's just a bad guy in the locker room, which every, by all intents and purposes, it was all a lie. Cause I was never what he said I was in the first place. It was all his perspective. So with saying that there's certain things at certain times that you are not allowed to say that you have to be cautious of, not because of who you are, but because of the people that are listening. Uh, I make it a point that when I go to funerals or Passovers or anything like that, I want to know how that person died because what I don't want to do is I don't want to come into a situation or a conversation and talk about something that's related to how this person died, not knowing and giving my real true thoughts and feelings about something. I'll give you a case in point. So if alcohol was how this person died and it was cirrhosis of the liver, and I don't know that, and I get locked into a conversation on whether it's a disease or whether it's a choice, Based on how that person died, I know I need to be sensitive around this topic because everybody in this room knows how this guy passed. And if I'm any way on the other end of this spectrum, they're going to blitz my ass in this funeral or they're going to blitz my ass in this, this uh, section of friends, if you will. So you have to be really careful when you get involved in something like this. Now, I can see, I thought maybe he came out and said he looked like a gorilla ape, like it was just blatantly obvious that this guy was a racist. This was tough, Gary. This was tough because I've called you a lot of stuff. Correct. Friends, and I've called you a lot of stuff that like I that can come off as racist. I've called you stuff that it I could have was racist when I said it. There's certain stuff that I've said to you that I didn't think anything was racist at all. And you'd have been like, man, that's racist. And you broke it down for me. And I'm like, damn, okay, I can see it. But that's not how I meant it. But now that I know that that's how you can take it, I'm going to make sure the next time I use it, I use it as it being racist (laughs) As (laughs) as a way to win that particular argument. But I don't see how this, other than the fact that He's talking about his lips, like I mean. Well, I, 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 can't I see think there. to me, it's it's uh, just talking about stereotypes because the stereotype: black people have big lips, or white people have good credit, or Asians can't drive. There's stereotypes for everybody, and if you're trying to make it fit into a stereotype, then you can make anything be racist because yeah. of the stereotypes. And the stereotypes are there because. It's people are stupid and they have dumb things to create for some reason. And it's none of them are true. That's the thing. The stereotypes, some stuff might be true, yes, but majority's not true. And I think that's the part that a lot of people mistake. And I think they're just in today's climate, the fact that we're pulling up a 2012 or 14 article or email. It's terrible that we're pulling this up for news. Like, why are we going back in the past for news? Because he's not had any other issues in the, for since then. Nothing's came up, and y'all now you got to go back to try and create controversy for a news for some kind of media aspect. I just, it doesn't make sense. And if if he even wanted to, he could go so many times. Gruden himself can go all the time. People made fun of him being a redhead. How he looks like Chucky. All that kind of stuff, and that stuff's fine. Like it, it, it should be. It's it's fine. People don't care about saying that because it's still a running joke about him. But to other people, that could be that's you're you're looking down upon people that are redhead, and that's the thing is like everybody has a reason to be upset nowadays for something. You can you can find some reason to find a, upset about it, 
And I don't know if it's considered racist or not. That's why I asked your opinion. I don't know. To me, it, it, it sounds like it's a stereotype that we're just trying to make it into it. But I don't know. I don't think everybody like that is. And his, I don't know if his reasoning, hey, rubber lips are lies. And that was the reason when he says his lips are as big as Michelin tires because they always have <laughs> huge lies. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's just covering up. But I, we need to stop going back and trying to search everybody's old history and say, oh, you said this in 1946. You're a terrible person. Like, this stuff needs to stop. It's terrible. There's no reason to keep bringing up past. If they haven't done stuff recently, maybe they've learned <clears throat> from certain things. Maybe he realized at the time that it was a wrong thing to say, and he hasn't said anything since because he learned from that. We don't know. And I think we're just jumping down people's throat for stuff. People grow over time, and we don't see that now. Now, hey, you're a terrible person 17 years ago. You haven't grown one bit. You're still a terrible person. It doesn't make sense. But when you come yeah. to other people, like you, you can even, if you want to say the president in general, president said, did and said terrible things growing up and, and young earlier his career, but everybody forgave him when it came time for a president because he's learned and he's improved himself. Okay. So why can't other people do that or get that benefit of the doubt? You're giving it for the person that's running for president, but you don't want to give it to other people. I just don't understand that in general. And that's all races. That's not just yeah. black, white, Asian, nothing. That's everybody does that and it doesn't make sense you, you can go back and find all the stuff it just needs to stop because it's out, outrageous now the part that i have a problem with is the nfl said oh we're going to talk to you about the emails you said about goodell who cares he can say what he wants about goodell if he doesn't like goodell you can say whatever you want about your boss you don't that don't mean you need to go back through my emails and look at it <coughs> like if yeah. i'm sending it to somebody else it's not my boss's if it's not to my boss who cares I want to know who the person is that sent, went back and searched through all these emails. Like, oh, I have all this. I'm going to send it to the to the media. That person needs to go to an island and leave everybody alone and never be seen. Like, that's oh, just yeah. to me. You just have nothing better in your life if you're going through everybody's old stuff to pull up stuff to make it current news. It just does not make sense to me why that's an issue. Why we need to keep doing that for everybody because they do that to everybody nowadays. Yeah, they do. I and 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 here's the thing: it's 2021. There's a lot going on, and there's a lot of stuff to trigger certain people. And if I can make somebody that's making millions and millions of dollar life miserable, then I'm doing my job. And I I think that's where we are in today's times: is that hey, if you're quote unquote. Um, somebody in the eye let me bring you down to my level and i'll bring you down to my level by showing people that you're no different than me uh you say certain things and and, and again like if anybody heard you and i off camera or just interacting with each other they swear up and down that we were both racist uh or that we hate people. each other we fight all the time right 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 granted this is completely different uh the relationship that he had with but what I the only reason why I'm pointing out our relationship and us saying stuff is because sometimes that stuff bleed off into other relationships or some like something that I may say to you all the time. I may say it to another person that I don't know once because I've said it to you and I'm so used to saying it that I just say, hey, you know, you got lips like a even if you did have lips like a Michelin tire mm -hmm. and it looked just like a Michelin tire, then somebody of another race or ethnicity wouldn't be able to say that to you because of how it would come off. But you could, you could have a red neck, Gary, like a red neck, not like the, the same red neck. You, your neck could literally be red. And I'd be like, oh, look at that red neck. And it could it would be issues because of me calling you a redneck because of the times that we're in right now. But there's a lot of things that we said. If you go back to all the comedy back in the days, whether it was Delirious or Raw from Eddie Murphy and how things were viewed in the 70s, the 80s, the 60s, not saying that they were right. They're still wrong. But I'm saying that some of the stuff was acceptable back then on how you talked about certain groups of people. It was whether it was right or wrong, it was acceptable. 
I'm not saying that it was right. That's not what we're discussing here on whether or not it's right or wrong. We're accepting, we're, we're talking about acceptance. Was, did the general public accept that then versus accepting it now? And now nobody's accepting it. Then they were, but you're bringing up time periods that don't matter now. Like, don't bring me something that somebody said in the 60s right now. Like, are they still saying it? I need to know if they if they still saying it, I got an issue with it. But now if they like, nah, uh-uh, that's not what I stand for. I was young. I was dumb at the time. Like, none of that. Like, yeah, give me room to grow. Don't don't treat me like my wife where you can't see any of the progress that I made. Don't treat me like that. <laughs> well, I hate when they, when they pull, oh, this person said this when they were 13. What? They're 22, yeah. 24 now. Okay, you're telling me they haven't grown? They haven't matured? Like it just doesn't make sense of why people pull up stuff like that. It just I I've never understood why you want to go back through and comb somebody's old history and whether it be social media. That's why I say I've all I can tend to say social media is the root of evil in our society. Like it's so bad. Like people they make it a living just to go through and try and destroy people. I just don't yeah. understand it. Yeah, that's that's what you call trolling, Gary. That's why it's called trolling. I think that's worse than trolling, but yes. Yeah, yeah, ruining people's lives. Yeah, or I mean, that's a that's a that's somewhat of trolling, which kind of brings me to the Dave Chappelle comedy special. Have you seen well, Dave Chappelle's well, comedy? Well, let's save that for next week because I know time had to leave. I want to get Time's opinion on it too. So let's save the Dave Chappelle for that and Squid Game. Okay. Do a little Netflix okay. special next week. Yeah, let's do a little <laughs> Netflix special next week. We we'll, we'll, we'll shut this one down. We'll let everybody go. We'll let everybody enjoy their time. We'll we'll come back and we'll we'll have this conversation with y'all next week. All right, that works for me. Let's get it. All right, and we out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the